0: Welcome to the Grace Chapel
1: Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you're encouraged and built up in your faith as we dive into God's Word together. Enjoy the message.
0: Matthew chapter 16, we're going to start a new series here at Grace called The Gathering Place, what it really means to be the church, what it means to be the church, gathering place. And Last night I was deep in prayer in intercession because my Florida Gators were losing the devil, the devil was trying to start off my year in a bad way, but I prayed through, and uh, God got us the victory, because this is God's team, and so he makes sure that, <laughs> that uh, he loves me so much, he didn't want to see me depressed and discouraged, so I prayed, and God answered. Amen? I believe the devil's a liar. That has nothing to do with the message. But I thought I'd mention it. Matthew chapter 16 says this in verse number 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of Of the living God. Verse 17 says, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it, and I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In 1998, through the year 2000, Gallup did a poll. And the poll was, is a poll of Americans, what religion do you identify with? And 8% in 1998, between 1998 and 2000, when this poll was conducted, 8% of Americans identified with no religion. 8% of Americans identify with no religion. They did the exact same poll in 2021, about 20 years later, and it is up to 21%. In just 20 years, it has gone from 8% of Americans with no religious affiliation to now 21%. Most of those... Our young people, the millennials and the Generation Z. So listen, that's just in 20 years. Imagine where we'll be in the next 20 years. What, what will we look like in 40 years? If it's grown that much, from 8% to 21%, in just 20 years, where are we going? And I can just say this, I believe with all my heart, the church has a lot of work to do. Yeah. We've got a lot of work to do, and one of the things we have to do is just identify what does it mean to be the church? What does it really mean? And listen, I want to start off slow with this series. I want to start off just kind of with some real basics, and much of what I've shared today, you may have heard before or you may know already, but maybe some of it is new to you, but I want to talk to you about what it really means to be the church. Jesus said this, upon this rock, I'll build my church. Remember, he had asked his disciples, he said, who do men say that I am? And, and the Bible says, and they answered. In other words, just some random answers, some random disciples. Maybe one was speaking for the entire group. They said, well, some say this and some say that. And then he really begins to narrow them down and just kind of get more of a focus and say, well, what about you, 12? What do you say? What do you say? And it was Peter who answered. Peter, the disciple who, who was getting it wrong a lot, was answering questions nobody was asking, who would often speak foot first. Come on, somebody. He was, he was the one who would talk out of turn or say things and then ultimately get rebuked by Jesus. He's the one who got it right. I can just imagine that after he said it and Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. He went, really? I got it exactly right. I can't believe it. And Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, upon this rock, not Peter himself, but the revelation of who Jesus is. That is what he would build his church upon. Church upon. And the word church is simply in the Greek right there. It means ecclesia. It's the Greek word ecclesia. It means a gathering of people. Literally, if you look at it, it's made up of two words, meaning called out, called out. And the first thing you have to know is this, the church is not a building, it's a gathering of people. Did you hear me? The church is a gathering of people. Sometimes it's been referred to, that word is called out ones or or an assembly, right? It just simply means this. It's wherever we gather, that's the church. Now, I believe that in my theology, I still struggle with it verbally. I can just confess to you that I still often say I'm on my way to church uh, or, or I need to go be at the church. I talk about this building as the church. I still do it on a consistent basis I still do it I can't I can't break that because I'm a church kid I grew up in it and so I understand it and I love the four walls but let's just face it these four walls this is just drywall right and we love the drywall we love right the building now we don't love all of it there's some things I'd love to change and during phase two we're changing some things like this carpet I hate the carpet And if you love it, we'll save some for you to roll up and take to your house. Bless you with it, okay? So, but I love the building. And the reason why I love the building is because I love people. I love the people who gather in this building. That's what I love about the building. People say, oh, you got a beautiful building. I hear that all the time. And I love the building. I think it's a beautiful building. But the best part about it is you. When we all come together and gather, that's the best part. That's the church. Amen? The church is not a building. It's not an address. It's not brick brick and, well, this ain't brick. It's just drywall and metal. It's not all that. The church is you. The church is whenever we gather. And it doesn't matter if we gather here or in a building, somewhere else, or we gather in a house or a business. Wherever we gather, that's the church. Amen? It's not an address, it's wherever we gather. Let me give you some scriptures from the book of Acts. As the church was being built, its identity was being formed, and here's just some scriptures for you to gather. Acts chapter 5, verse 42 says, Daily in the temple and from, what, in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Woo! They gathered every day. In the temple and house to house. Every day. In the temple and house to house. Some of us struggle with once a week. These guys were meeting every day. (laughs) Every day. And they were meeting. Here's how they are meeting. In the temple. In other words, they were meeting in a large group setting. Amen? And we love that. We love the large group setting. There's nothing wrong. We love this. But they were also meeting in smaller groups. House to house. You can't fit 200 people in most houses. So they met in smaller groups. And this is what the church was doing. And wherever they met, whether it was a house or the temple, that's the church. Amen? Acts chapter 4, verse 31 says this. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all what? Filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, it doesn't tell us where they were assembled. It just says they were assembled. They had been threatened. The religious leaders threatened them. They said, you're no longer allowed to teach or preach in his name. They prayed to God, said, God, you know our hearts. Hey, it's better that we obey you than obey men. I mean, they just believed it. And when they were praying, the place where they assembled together, we don't know where that was. But wherever they were assembled, that was church. That was church. It's wherever we gather. Five people, two people, 200 people, however many people, that's the church. In Acts chapter 2, it says this in verse 46 So they continued daily with one accord. How? In the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food. We like that part. With gladness and simplicity of heart. Here it is again, large group setting right? They met in rows, large group. They met in in sections. They met, they gathered together in a large group, and then they met in circles, smaller groups, from house to house. And this is what the church did. And wherever they met, that's the church. That's the church. And the second thing you need to know is this. Number two is, the church is made up of imperfect people. Isn't that good to know? I want you to know the people in your section Whatever section you're in, they're not perfect. Look around. I'm telling you, they're not perfect. They're far from perfect. They are flawed. This week, they probably had thoughts they shouldn't have had, said things they shouldn't have said, did things they shouldn't have done. And here we are gathered, and guess what? We're all gathered together as the church. We're all gathered together as the church. We just read about Peter, and you know, Jesus chose Peter... And chose his brother as well. And they were fishermen. And Matthew chapter 4 says, and they saw, he saw these guys fishing. And he thought to himself, that is the most boring thing I have ever seen in my life. I've got to rescue them from that. And he called them. And he said, hey guys, come be with me. And these two sailors, imperfect, cursing, Come on now. Had, had all sorts of thoughts, anger issues. Come on now. I mean, he's called them. They were imperfect, and Jesus said, you come and you follow me. And listen, God chooses imperfect people because they're the only people he has to choose from. There's no perfect people for him to shuffle looking for, Right? It's everybody's flawed because that's how we were made. And isn't it good to know that the people that you're sitting next to, right, they struggle with some of the same issues you're struggling with? Come on now. That, that you can identify with people who, who struggle with fear or anxiety or lust or worry, right? That that people who don't have perfect marriages or perfect kids. Come on, somebody right that that when you sit down in a in a connect group that they're sharing their story and you're like wow i thought i was the only one that did that when we started this church we had a group of guys that would get together we were at an office in wellington and man we got and there was like 12 or 14 guys that would sit down and they would start sharing and a man i was surprised at how just how real they were i mean just so real And I thought, man, this is what it's about. Guys were talking about issues that they were dealing with on a consistent basis. Because, you know, most of the time we don't ever want to admit that we have impure thoughts or that we have anger or that we say things we shouldn't say. We never want to admit that. We never want to tell anybody about that. And we come in, and we just kind of sit down, and, and we ask, you know, hey, how are you doing? And great, I'm doing great. And your whole family's falling apart, and your finances are a wreck, and, and your, 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 your marriage is a disaster. Great, I'm doing great, you know? But the truth is, is that we're not great. We're not perfect. We got struggles, and you need to get to a place where you could go, hey, you know what? I could use some prayer this week. Because I'm really struggling, and you just say, hey, here's what I'm struggling with, and nobody judges you, nobody looks down on you. Because I grew up in a youth group, you never admitted you were struggling. I remember one time, we were, we were gathered together with a bunch of teenagers, and two, a couple of the guys were wrestling, and they were just kind of messing around, and one of them said a curse word. We all went, devil? <laughs> right? We thought this guy was, oh, man, he's not even saved. He said a curse word, and then I thought, wow, you know, I, I then I got into a church where it was just a little more real, you know what I mean, and you could admit your faults, and now I've heard a few ministers say some things that, that aren't so sweet and kind every now and then, because the truth is, is that we're all struggling in some area. And we just have to be real because nobody is perfect. Amen? Nobody's perfect. Now, listen, we should strive to be holy, right? That doesn't give us a license to do anything or permission to do anything. It just lets us know that there are other people out there dealing with the same issues. And I don't want to go to a perfect church. My pastor used to say growing up, listen, you find the perfect church, join it, and it is not perfect anymore. (laughs) Amen? You just made it flawed. Amen? And that's true of your connect group. That's true of church. We're all just here together trying to serve God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love him. Amen? So there's no perfect people. Amen? And then the third thing I want to share with you today is this. The church is identified as a family. It's identified as a family. In the word of God, when you see church, when you hear some of the apostles address the church, the church of Corinth, the church of Ephesus, the church of Philippi, you often see this word, brethren. New Living Translation, other translations, they'll just break it down. Brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters. Amen? Amen? because that's how we should identify with each other as brothers and sisters now I don't know what kind of family you grew up in because some of you are going well family is not the best word for me but God has a different picture of what family looks like and he's the perfect father and even though you might have an imperfect brother an imperfect sister guess what the Bible says in Psalms 68 verse 6 God sets the solitary in families It is still not good for man to be alone. And listen, I know that there's, you know, we could talk a lot about COVID and we could talk about the pandemic and all this stuff. But I just think the devil, I'm not saying he originated anything. I think he used what was happening in our world to isolate people. Did you hear me now? I think it backfired on him. Amen. Because we learned how to how to get connected, even if we can't standing next to each other but you know what eventually you have to be next to somebody eventually you have to be connected to somebody eventually you need physical touch you need somebody to be there to pray with you to love on you you need to be connected you were created for connection not isolation amen and let me just tell you when we come and we, we just are the church, you need to understand this. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. One of my favorite, favorite stories from the Word of God is in Acts chapter 9. Here is Saul, and at this time he was Saul, and he was a heathen going around killing Christians. He had an incredible, incredible experience. He gets radically saved, and, and in another place, while he's just, just saved, There was another man named Ananias who had a vision. God said, I want you to go down the street and I want you to lay your hands and I want you to pray for him. And God, Ananias says back to God, God, don't you know who this man is? And God said, no, I forgot. No, God said, God said, I know exactly who he is. He's a chosen vessel for me. But Ananias said, he's killed Christians. But he obeyed God, goes into the room where Saul is. Saul has spent three days without being able to see. And he says to him, and these are the first recorded words that Saul ever heard. The first recorded words in the word of God are this, brother Saul. Listen, that is powerful. Listen, let's bring that home. If Osama bin Laden was still alive, right? If he was still alive, and he's out there somewhere and, and we hear a report that he gets saved and God says I want you to go get him bring him back to your house he's going to spend the night with you and I want you to pray for him right most of us would sleep one eye open nine millimeter on the bed come on now because we'd be like, God, this is crazy. I... But yet, God would say, that is now brother, Osama bin Laden. See, it was the same circumstance. You have to think about it like this. Now, we come into this room, and guess what? Brothers and sisters. Huh? Now, I know that the person that you may sit next to at a connect group, they may just rub you the wrong way. You might be next to Sister Sandpaper and man, they're just rubbing up against you, and they're like, you just, you're just having a tough time loving them. Good. Good. How many of you had brothers and sisters? Yep. It's called family. It's called loving people in spite of. Amen? It's called growth. It's called God brings people into your life for a reason. But do you know, at the end of the day, you're still family. Amen? And you need somebody to pick you up when you fall down. Huh? You need somebody to be there. If you're struggling with fear, you need to get to a place where you could say, hey, I'm really struggling. I could use some prayer right now. You need a a text message to come through. You need a phone call to come through. If you need prayer, you you need a breakthrough. You need people who will stand with you. Amen? That's why we need family. That's why we need church. That's why we need to gather. That's why we cannot be isolated. It cannot be, hey, how are you doing? Great. I'll see you next week. How you doing next week? Great. I'll see you next week. How you doing next week? Great. There has to be a deeper connection. Amen? And God called us to meet together in large settings, but he's also called us to meet together in smaller settings, connect groups. Because you need people. You need people who just love on you and care for you and and encourage you and even challenge you. I think to myself, where would I be in my marriage if I didn't have people? But I have men in my life who challenged me, looked at me, called me selfish. How dare they? Huh? If I didn't have those people in my life, I'm telling you, I would not be married today. But God saw fit, amen, to connect me. Thank God for them, amen? And listen, we all need that kind of connection. Do you know what it says in 1 Peter chapter 3? Verse number 8 says this, Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other and love each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Wherever we gather, whenever we gather, That's the church gathering as brothers and sisters. Our connect groups launch next Monday. It's all the week of September 11th. They're going to start. And the first group that meets that Monday night, the first group that meets at 7 o'clock at that house, it's not here at the church, it's at somebody's house, the first group that meets, that's the church. And let me just say this. It's as much the church there as it is here. Did you hear me? It is exactly just the same. It's as much the church there. The groups that meet in other homes, the groups that meet at other places. We also have groups that meet here at the church. We have a group that goes outside walking. Wherever we gather, whatever gathering place we have chosen, that's the church. Amen? And we need that. We desperately need that in our life. I'm going to have someone come. Share a testimony of how God connected them here at Grace. Uh, Shannon Mosaic just came from California and, and, man, she just went to the deep end of the pool. She dove right in, went through discipleship classes, equipped classes. Uh, And got involved in our connect groups. And I want to ask her to come and just share her testimony of connecting here at Grace. Would you welcome Shannon as she comes to share it today?
1: Everybody. I am Shannon moziak I have been at Grace Chapel for a little bit over a year. Um, I did move from California. Um, I fear was definitely in California because when COVID hit, we were locked down. Like, locked down, can't see your family. You can't go to the gym. You can't go... To restaurants, lockdown. My sister lived five miles away, and I didn't see her and our family for a year. Um, so I had a job change, and it landed me in Wellington, Florida. Didn't know a soul, and uh, by God connecting me with just not random, because God is not random, they connected me with people that brought me to Grace, um, and I did get involved uh, with life groups. I'm sorry, connect groups. I keep on doing that sorry connect groups connect groups but you do you do life together but it's the connect groups so um, i i signed up for many of them i see joe i've signed up for his and i go to ann and marks and brandon and melinda's on on fridays so something happened recently um ann knows about this but i was feeling uh, Missing my family now that California is open again, and I was thinking actually about going back to California. And uh, this church has become my family, and I have decided not to go back to California. But with with Anne, one night on a Wednesday night that we meet, she was talking about busyness is a stronghold, and that is me for sure. I have a very busy job, and I'd signed up for Brandon and Melinda's group for I think I didn't go for a couple of months, and Melinda would text me every thursday or friday asking are you coming are you coming and i'm like no take me off your text message because i'm too busy and i can't and after that wednesday at mark and ann's i said yes and i'm so glad and i've told her many times i thank you for not giving up on me because it has absolutely changed my life and this church is my family these people with my connect group are now my family and now my family has to come here so i'm not going back to california so anyway thank you
0: that's right, awesome awesome that is fantastic she said she escaped california <laughs> locked down for a year her sister lived five miles away and family was close by and they didn't see each other for one year but god sets i said god sets god sets the solitary in families I often pray for people who are at the altar, and I'll say this. It is no accident, no coincidence, it is not random that you walked into this building. Now, listen, you walked into a building. We love the building. We love air conditioning. We love padded seats. We love a place to be able to gather, invite your friends. That's great. But what you really walked into is a church family, yes. a church family. I say this when I send out text messages. Hey, Grace family, we're the, we're the family of God. And that doesn't mean that we're perfect in any way. We're far from it. But we're trying and striving and allowing the Holy Spirit to develop in us and lead us closer to Him. And we're all just saying, hey, we're all heading in the same direction to love God with all of our heart. Amen.
1: Thanks for joining us. And thank you to our Grace family who have been generously giving in to this ministry. For more information about our
0: church, please visit GoGraceChapel.com. And give us a follow on Facebook or Instagram with the same handle at GoGraceChapel. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.